Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Joel here with Dad. And I'm Rick. What do you want to talk about today, Joel? It's always fun. Yeah, well, we've been doing this parenting series and we've kind of realized parenting principles are life principles. And exactly. if you can get this down, you can pretty much yeah. the you key can to win parenting is discipline yourself. <laughs> then you can discipline the kid. But until you're disciplined, you're going to get what you sow. That's, I mean, that's a lot of it. It's true is realizing when I get, it's principles. Just like when I do this, my kid does this. When I do this, yeah. my kid, we, yeah. So I want to talk uh, today about something that's just incredibly frustrating to me because I have a child who is just incredibly quick verbally. Yes, she is. Um, you've told me, you've told me you haven't seen any kids quite as quick verbally with her, which I guess that's a compliment that we've done good with her. But man, can that kid come up with excuses? Uh-huh. And she oh, comes yeah. up. It's so fast. She doesn't even have to think about it. Yeah this. Well, I did that because you did this. I'm like, whoa, hold up. <laughs> yeah. Don't even bring me into the picture here. So she's got these crazy good excuses and sometimes they're valid. And when I see my own inconsistencies through her excuses, I'm like, dang it. But I still got to, I'm still dad and you got to do what I say. Yeah. But I want to talk about that. Uh, how do you deal with kids' excuses, particularly when they've got a valid point? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you do on that? Well, when they have a valid point, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. <laughs> And, and confess that they have a valid point about it, you know, because they know it. You know, that's the thing. You, you think you're hiding something from them. They know when you're wrong. You know, you may as well confess and admit it. Well, and they have an incredible eye for inconsistency. Oh, they do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. Well, your excuses reminds me of a kid who, uh, two boys are in a fight and you pull them apart and the little boy says, well, what happened here? He says, well, it all started when he hit me back. Right. You know? <laughs> it's like, yes. I hit him, but it all started when he hit me back. You know, that's the excuse. It wasn't you know, my fault. On a broader political spectrum, that sounds kind of like what's going with Israel and Palestine. Yeah. Yes, it all started. Why are you hitting there. me? Well, it all started when you hit me. Well, you hit me first. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, you hit me yeah. 25 years ago or whatever, you know, yeah. so now I'm coming back. Yeah. Um, well, you know, one of the things that it dawned on me early in my, actually before I was parenting when I was at the school, um, uh, that's where I learned most of my parenting principles before my kids were even old enough that I had to apply any of them was working with four <laughs> four-year-olds through high schoolers. And um, I found out that many times we train our kids to make excuses. Mm. We actually kind of encourage them to make excuses. So let's let's take a scenario here. You know, Billy hits his sister Susie, whacks her. And what's the first thing we tend to say? Why did you do that? Which implies, well, Billy, if you can give me a good enough excuse, it's okay. <laughs> Yes, yeah, true. I mean, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for your argument. Maybe it was, maybe your sister yeah. had it coming. Yeah, why did you do that? And and the the really dumb thing about that question is, how often do you know why you did the stupid things you do? Well, yeah. just because I'm stupid? I don't know why I did it. it was, I look back on it and I go, I just wasn't thinking, you know? And so when we ask them for an excuse, guess what you're going to get? Ask and you shall receive. Yeah. <laughs> ask for an excuse? Why did you do that? And so- you're focusing upon the why of it instead of the behavior. And what you need to f- learn to focus on is the behavior. Mm. We see this in our culture today. I can remember the first time, at least the first time I ever heard of some guy being tried for murder and they were trying to say, well, he was mentally insane at the time. And I remember my mom saying, well, of course he was. Anybody who kills somebody's mentally insane at the moment, at least. They're out of their mind, you know, and, and a sane person doesn't do that. A reasonable person doesn't do that. And so the idea is in our court system now, instead of just saying, is he guilty? Is he in it? Did he do it? If he did it, 
then he's there's the punishment. Well, but he did it because why did he shoot the store owner during the robbery? You know, mm. instead of did he shoot the guy? Yes. Then this is what happens. And biblically, that's what you see. I, I ran across a little thing today. Is it really a sin for someone to steal if they're stealing food for their kids? And there was all this, well, Thomas Aquinas said, no, it's not, you know, and some other preacher said, no, it's not. Proverbs says, yes, it is. It's Proverbs says, a man's not going to be, you're not going to despise a man if he steals to feed his family. But when he's caught, he needs to pay back seven times. Hmm. <laughs> That's... That's pretty deep. Because you stole something. That's the point. It doesn't matter why you did it. Right. You stole something. You took something that did not belong to you. Yeah. And so therefore, you pay it back sometimes. Now, what would be the response to that? And now we go, well, that's just not fair. The guy was hungry. But what would that produce in our society? It wouldn't produce thieves, would it? Yeah. It, oh, that's pretty profound because I often, often thought too about that, you know, we learned about the blood avenger and the the cities of refuge and all these things in the Bible. Yeah. And I remember studying those. I'm like, I didn't understand the value of them. But what you're saying brings the value to that. Like, he killed that man. It was accidental, but he killed that man. So he's allowed to go to the city of refuge, but he still can't live with the population. He can go to the city of refuge because it was an accidental murder, but he still is guilty of the murder. But he has to live under these consequences in this city of refuge. Yeah. That's what that's that's what that was for. I never even made that connection until just now. Well, see, there's still an orphan out there. There's still a wife who doesn't have a husband who's really in big trouble in that culture. You know, there's still moms and dads who've lost, you know, a loved one, and there was there's a huge price that other people are paying. But this guy gets off because well, it was accidental. I didn't mean to. Right. You know, you know my uh, niece was just killed in an automobile accident yep. a few years ago. And the guy, guy, it was just stupid, stupid, really, you know, 110 miles an hour going from the left lane to an exit and clipped her car and she died. And um, he got like 18 months or something like that. I mean, he's out of jail now, you know, but she's still dead. Yeah, he didn't mean to. Yeah. And he's got, yeah. she's got a daughter that's being raised without a mom. Yeah, exactly. And so the point is the Bible, we look at it and we go, whoa, that's, Here's one. Somebody said, well, the Bible never says you should hurt your kids. I go, yeah, you know, the Bible says this. If you have a rebellious son, you're to take him to the elders at the gate and say, this son is a rebellious son. I can't get him to listen to me. And they're to take him out and stone him. Now, you go, what? Yes. The Bible says that? But think about this. Think about this. When you think about the, okay, first of all, there's no record of that ever happening. Why? Because all mom has to say is, let's go to the elders of the city. Oh, mom. Whoa. Okay. Whatever you say, mom. Okay. Okay. So we don't do that. So how many kids do we have running around that either would have been stoned? And how many do we have kids running around killing other people, shooting from the cars, killing little kids on the streets that would have been stoned by the elders? Or most likely they would have said, oh, whatever you say, mom. Just just having the threat of the that threat harsh of, of a, yeah, which I mean, we're yeah. opening up a, a can of worms here with the, but that's why so many of the rules in the Bible, we look at them as so draconian. Right. But really just having the standard up there oftentimes keeps you humbled before that and saying, if it gets to this point, I'm gone. Yeah. When you remove that and you go, well, we're going to evaluate your motives. Did you really mean it? Are you yeah. really sorry? Uh, it doesn't. And then you oftentimes get off for the action and yeah. you don't have to pay the price for the action. And I, and I think that's why in scripture, it doesn't matter why you did it. 
Because I can't judge. God didn't want to put it on us to judge the heart and the motive of somebody else because we can't do that. You know, so, you know, the, the guy who's a gangster shows up in court in a three-piece suit, you know, and all cleaned up and smelling good and looking like he's a, a model on a runway, you know. And so I can't judge the motive of somebody, and God didn't want to put that on us. So the point is, you just determine, did they do the crime? If they did the crime, then here's the consequence of it. And the other thing is, biblically, they never threw him into a cage and fed him for 50 years. Mm. You you either repaid the man who steals the bread, he repays seven times back. Well, he obviously can't repay seven times because he couldn't even buy bread in the first place. Then he goes to work. That's the indentured servant thing. Not for 20 years or something, but until he can pay off the bread. Now, I know I sound terribly, um, what would you say, un, un compassionate about it it's not yeah it's kind of you're not very nice but think of what that would do in our culture first of all it's going to keep the guy from stealing he's going to find some way way else to get that bread he's going to maybe go to the baker and say look could i could i work for you could i do something um because he knows if he gets caught stealing he's there's going to be consequences to pay and we're all motivated by consequences and that's the problem we have now in fact it says that in ecclesiastes it says when when the punishment is slow to come, young men's hearts devise all kinds of evil. Mm. And that's the other problem. <laughs> we are ragging on our court system. We're supposed to be talking about parenting. But it says, when the punishment is slow to come. So I go out and I shoot you. Well, first of all, I'm probably not going to get caught. Second of all, if I do get caught, um, I probably will be able to get off because I'll just go, oh, I just was, oh, he really made me angry that day. You know, there was a good reason for yeah. it. You know? Okay, but if I still go to jail, It'll be 20 years before the appeals will go it, on for 20, 30, 40 years, you know? It takes forever to pay for the, pay for the, yeah, I have yeah. people like that. They come to me at church and they're praying like, hey, I made a mistake four years ago and I'm probably about to have to pay for it. I'm like, four years, yeah, f- four years later, yeah, they're about to, and it's like, and, and a lot of, this is what's really hard about it. A lot of the guys, some of the guys that come to the church say, man, I've cleaned up my life since then, yeah. but this is hanging over me for four years. He's like, I almost would have rather have just been in jail for the last three years instead of having it hang over me. But he's like, now I've cleaned up my life, got myself together, and this is coming back to now get I me. I may go to jail. When yeah. justice is slow to come, yeah. Yeah, when, when it's slow to come, it says that men's hearts devise all kinds of evil. Okay, so you this is like, it seems like a bunny trail, but it's not, because I, the city of refuge thing, I never quite understood what the what the point of it was. But what's really fascinating is in Numbers 35, six of the towns you give the Levites will be cities of refuge to which a person who has killed someone may flee. In addition, give them 42 other towns. Uh, but what's fascinating is the Levites were the priest. Right. And it's so fascinating that it's basically a picture of even if you've done the crime and you've got to do the time, there's refuge in Jesus. Yeah. The high priest, the great high priest, it's a picture of what's to come, but you still don't get off for what you've done. There's still the no. results of what you did. And I mean, a lot of people I know living with that right now, it's like, man, I got my life together. Yeah. It goes back to this. I got my life together, but I still have to pay the results. And I mean, sometimes God in his grace gets us out of the results of our bad decisions. But yeah. uh, you know, I had a guy one time, he's like, man, God, God uh, paid off all of my really bad debt that I had done because, you know, and I'm like, you know, instant debt cancellation. And I was like, I think you just got lucky, bro. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't try it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> learn from it and say, thank you, yeah, Jesus. You yeah. know? So in terms of this, with our kids' excuses, I think, I think that's a big point because uh, we had talked in another episode about the fact that we need to be a safe place for our kids to come and admit their guilt. Mm-hmm. And like, I screwed up 
and then, but you're not going to overreact, but also the idea that, but yet you still have to pay the consequences. Yeah. And this fits right in with that episode. I hadn't planned it that way, but look at me, I'm so strategic. Uh, <laughs> that the idea that it, it, it ties together, like you're, Jesus is a safe place for us to come and admit our mistakes, but he also says, and now you've got to bring restitution for what you've done. You've got to pay the, pay the price, do the time. Yeah. Um, and with our kids, a lot of times at that is that, uh, first of all, we have to shut down their excuses um, for why they, they you, again, you said, you still say, yeah, but you still did what's wrong. Yeah. And you don't get to make your excuses out of it, like make your excuse your way out of it mm-hmm. because that's that self-justification, which we're all brilliant at. Yeah. Well, the thing is, no matter how uh, truthful or reasonable an excuse is, it does not relieve you from personal responsibility for mm. what you did. Mm-hmm. Well, they treated me badly. Okay. Uh, let's get an example. Okay. Again, Bobby hits his sister, Susie. Well, she called me a name, but what did you do? Well, I hit her. What rule did you break? Go- getting back to what was what is wrong with that? What is wrong with hitting your sister? Well, you don't have a rule against what is wrong with it. Because again, biblically, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So our kid needs to, if we don't force them to say what they did wrong, every man's way is right in his own eyes. Mm-hmm. So he was right in hitting his sister. And whatever his sister did, called him a name or whatever, she was right in her mind to do that. So we have to bring them to a point where they say, okay, I, I was wrong to hit my sister, but she did this. Doesn't matter what she did. Well, I will deal with her later. But every man is responsible for his own sins is what it says in Malachi, I believe. Uh, yeah, Malachi. Um, and so we need to teach our kids. We're preparing them then to assume res- personal responsibility, which is what adulthood is all about. 